0: Hello and welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast. Today, I am super excited that we'll be talking all about PCOS, one of my favorite topics. You must know that PCOS is my niche. So, I focus on primarily coaching women with PCOS, but also hormonal imbalances. And I am myself a PCOS fighter. So, there's going to be a lot of juicy information and lots of different topics that we're going to get into that are, you know, kind of creating a lot of debate in PCOS regarding diet um, and exercise and even supplements. So we're going to get into all of that and really talk about natural healing and the route that that really looks like uh, when you are looking at healing the underlying imbalances in PCOS. Sorry if my voice is a little bit weird right now. I'm just getting over um, a flu. So I'm just trying to get this episode out to you guys this week. I've been pushing it back a bit but I just wanted to get on here to be able to share this episode because I think this is a really, really important topic and I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So let's get started, let's get into the episode. So Despina Pavlou is an online coach and certified personal trainer. After being diagnosed with PCOS at the age of 18, she was forced to learn about PCOS and how to overcome it. With a change in her diet and lifestyle, she was able to treat her PCOS and live a healthy, happy, and confident life again. She is on a mission to raise awareness about PCOS and also put an end to low-calorie and restrictive diets. She believes in the importance of good nutrition and exercise in cultivating a healthy and balanced lifestyle. So welcome to Spina Havlu to the Addicted to Healthy podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. We're talking all about PCOS today. Uh, it's my main focus in my practice, but we haven't spoken about it for a while on the podcast, so I'm really, really stoked to really just get into it and bust those myths And then also talk about ways um, that we can really help to heal and reverse our PCOS with natural strategies so i'd love for you to start off by introducing yourself telling us a little bit about how you got into what you're doing today and what you do exactly
1: all right so thank you for having me on the podcast i'm really excited and so i was diagnosed with PCOS when i was 18 years old um, and you know, the information wasn't very helpful. I was just, you know, told to go on the birth control pill and that everything will be, you know, fine, hormones will be balanced. So, you know, none of that really worked. I was on the birth control pill and then, you know, I suffered from really bad side effects. And the worst one was the swelling of my left calf, which I would, you know, thought that was thrombosis and that's like a side effect of the birth control pills so since that day i was like okay you know enough is enough i need to you know find a more natural approach to the birth control pills so that's when i started spending hours researching and just finding out the natural ways through nutrition exercise and lifestyle changes and then i got in I, decided to become a you know online coach a personal trainer for you know because I had a passion for fitness and I you know know, through the research found out how exercise can have a impact on your hormones so I got my qualification and set up my website Pieces Oracle and you know all the social media and set up the podcast to you know raise awareness about these natural approaches And just to help women, you know, prevent them from going down that same route that I did, you know, with the birth control pill, which, you know, I got nothing against the pill. I mean, everyone has a right to, you know, go on the pill if they wish, because, you know, if you need that kind of contraception, okay, you know, everyone has their right. But I wanted to provide women with, you know, alternatives and more natural, um, because I think, you know, we listen to our doctor because, you know, They're a doctor, they know what they're talking about. So, you know, I wanted to just, you know, let them know and empower them with the, you know, education to, you know, for them to know that there's another way. And so, you know, I do a bit of coaching to help women with their exercise and improving their diet because a lot of the time they're told to, you know, eliminate carbohydrates, lose weight. And if, like, in my case, When I was told cut carbs, you know, lose weight, this ended up spiraling into an eating disorder. And I was, you know, doing really bad um, dieting and I was super low calorie of like 800 calories and over exercising. And this just really didn't help with my hormones. It made things worse, not any way better. So that's basically my mission. My mission is to just empower women to, know there's alternatives to the pill and that diet and lifestyle modifications are, you know, really important and the foundations to, you know, hormonal balance and treating PCOS. So that's what I do.
0: I love it. And I definitely see a lot of similarities between us, especially with like the route that we took. I think we all kind of start with the conventional route and then we get frustrated with it and we have symptoms and we feel even worse. And then I usually see just a threshold of pain where we just can't take it anymore. And that's where you change. Right. So usually I see that come up a lot. That definitely came up with me. Um, were you able to kind of, did you navigate it all on yourself or did you hire help? Um, yeah, I did it all
1: yeah i did it all on my own i didn't because i didn't really do the research to find anyone because i was like well everyone's just gonna be the same everyone's just gonna tell me to do this bad stuff so i was like i don't want anyone i'm just gonna sit here spend the hours read studies you know talk to people like yourself and just educate myself and listen to people's stories see what worked for them and you know what worked for them we're not obviously didn't work exactly for me because you know we have different types of PCOS our bodies are different but it's just nice to hear people's journeys and then you can you know take bits and pieces experiment a bit trial and error but obviously be safe with that information because like I said we're all different you can't just copy and paste so yeah
0: (laughs) wow that's amazing and how long did it take for you to see like significant change
1: um I did start seeing changes in like six months but it certainly took you know a year or more to actually find that diet and lifestyle that was perfect for me so it did take a couple of you know years to be like okay you know maybe this food doesn't um sit with me kind of flares up my symptoms I'm breaking out i'm feeling bloated so you know i'm still learning to this day i still you know might eat dairy and i'm like oh <laughs> that wasn't really a good idea <laughs> because you know you know i you know i say you know if you shouldn't be eating dairy but i think it's all about moderation i you know i think we should understand it's about balance and yeah I know this food doesn't really help me and I'm probably gonna pay for it tomorrow but when I'm out with family I like to just be present and enjoy that time and I know people be like well you should just avoid it and when it's like yeah most of the time I do but if I feel like having some dairy, I'm just gonna do it and then it's a journey so Tomorrow will be fine. The next week, everything will be okay if I don't overdo it. If it's not chronic, doing you know, eating this food and all this other stuff, I think people need to understand it's just it's just balance as well. Because coming from an eating disorder background, I'm not about the life where you're restricting for the rest of your life. I just I just don't want to do that anymore. I've had enough. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I totally understand, too. Um, PCOS basically propelled me into an eating disorder as well that I didn't have before that um, because I think there's a lot of confusion around what we should eat. People are kind of demonizing certain food groups. Um, I started demonizing food groups and feeling horrible and, yeah, just binging. And yeah, I think that's a really important um, piece to bring out because uh, eating disorders are also more prevalent in PCOS cases. And that's obviously a big reason why. And I also love that you brought up um, the time it took to heal because for me too, it was definitely like a year or more. Um, of experimenting, trying new things like trial and error. Um, some things work for a certain amount of time then other things didn't. Um, so yeah, I think that a lot of people just want the quick fix. Like, okay, if I start this, will I feel better and like look amazing in like two weeks? No, you, you'll probably feel better, but you're not going to you know, reverse everything. So it does take time, it's a lifestyle change. And I think that's what we're all about teaching people. So can you talk a little bit and just explain to us what is PCOS for our listeners who don't know? Um, and how after that, how does conventional medicine treat PCOS?
1: Yep so PCOS is an abbreviation for polycystic ovarian syndrome and it's a complex metabolic condition which presents itself with hormonal abnormalities. So it's a common condition which affects between 10 to 20% of reproductive aged women and based on the Rotterdam criteria to be diagnosed with PCOS you must show two out of the three. So one is high androgens this is male hormones like testosterone so while all women have some testosterone women with pews have elevated levels the second is irregular menstrual cycle a lot of women you know are misdiagnosed with pews because they show irregular or no periods at all but Instead, they you know might be suffering from secondary amenorrhea. So that's why you know doctors need to be a bit more careful when diagnosing PCOS. And the third is polycystic ovaries. So I'd like to point out that despite the name PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, you do not have to have cysts on your ovaries to have PCOS. I also want to note here that cysts on the ovaries are not really cysts, they're follicles and on average an ovary has between six to 12 cysts and a polycystic ovary has on average or more than 12 variously sized cysts so if you have two out of the three then of high androgens irregular periods polycystic ovaries you are diagnosed with PCOS based on the Rotterdam criteria and you go about finding out with a blood test to check your hormones and an ultrasound to check your ovaries to see if there's cysts. And the next thing I want to address when it comes to PCOS is the fact that PCOS is not one condition. It was commonly believed that there was one type of PCOS. However, PCOS is not one condition. It's instead a set of symptoms. So before I get into the symptoms of PCOS, I think I'll briefly discuss that, the different types of PCOS because knowing the type, you have and the root cause of your hormone imbalance, you'll be able to decide on which treatment is better for you and right for you. So the different types of PCOS include insulin resistant PCOS, adrenal PCOS, post-pill PCOS, inflammatory PCOS, and like the hidden causes as well, which could be thyroid related. So I won't get too much into all the different types because this will be, you know very long one but <laughs> those are just the types and i just want to reinforce the fact that in order to know what type you have because it was common people commonly think when they have PCOS that you have to have insulin resistance but it's not you don't have to have insulin resistance you can have adrenal. so your adrenals are excreting the uh, male hormones and it's not your ovary so it's important to get the necessary blood test to figure this out before jumping on you know, the keto diet because it might be doing you more harm than good so conventional medicine like you touched on so unfortunately with conventional medicine um, you know you'll prescribe the birth control pill um, or metformin if you have insulin resistance so um, unfortunately with the birth control pill it doesn't actually get to the root cause of your p it doesn't treat the hormonal imbalance um you know you're told that it's going to treat your acne it's going to regulate your periods and help with weight loss so you know the doctors give this to because they just see a symptom they say okay you've got no period so in my case i didn't have a regular period so he was like okay here's the pill you're gonna get your period back everything's gonna be great you're gonna have a n- real period and i was like oh my god this is so good i'm just gonna <laughs> take a pill and everything's gonna be you know awesome you're gonna have a party my period's gonna come back it's gonna be great <laughs> and then obviously that wasn't a real period it was a breakthrough bleed that you get when on the fourth week because it's not like there's no hormones in that pill so unfortunately it doesn't treat the root cause so with the birth control pill it um your brain communicates with your ovary and the birth control pill inhibits these signals sent by the brain to ovaries causing ovarian dysfunction and therefore causing the irregular periods and infertility associated with pcos so The two main hormones involved in a female menstrual cycle is estrogen and progesterone. Both these hormones fluctuate throughout the female cycle. So before ovulation, estrogen levels spike and after ovulation, progesterone increases so while on the pill however the brain receives a message indicating the endocrine glands do not need any hormones to be produced and the reason is the synthetic hormones found in the pill causes the female's hormones to be elevated making the body think it's pregnant so as a result the brain does not release hormones to signal to the ovaries to produce hormones and an egg is not released so this is where a lot of the time women might come off the pill and they don't get their period and then that's because you know your endocrine endocrine glands have become redundant the synthetic hormones are coming in and doing the work and then when you come off the pill your hormones are just like well I don't know what to do because I haven't haven't been doing anything for the past god knows how many years i don't know how many years people are on the pill it could be 10 years whatever and then this is where you need you you start having to get to the root cause and actually treat that hormonal imbalance the problem is the hormonal imbalance and that's the conventional approach unfortunately and that's what doctors recommend
0: yeah and i think it's 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 a problem nowadays that we're just um, in conventional medicine, just addressing the symptoms. As you mentioned, um, it's not addressing why it's happening, and it's suppressing our hormones. It's also birth control is also birth control synthetic birth control pill has been shown to. Um, trigger insulin resistance and inflammation so Mm -hmm. that's literally like not helpful for PCOS right because usually we have underlying chronic low-grade inflammation and insulin resistance with PCOS so if we're worsening that I don't really see that as a solution Uh, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned everyone has their own choice I totally respect that freedom of choice everybody but it's really important for education that you know about this so then you can make the right choice so for those um, women since you're talking about birth control who are like, oh my God, this is not um, what I want in my body. What are alternatives to the birth control pill?
1: So, you know, there's a lot of controversy regarding different contraceptives and a lot of people know about the IUD, but then again, there's this whole thing that that can cause inflammation. So we need to be, you know, consult a doctor and, you know, find exactly what's going to work for you. And maybe even just If you're going to take something, do the necessary work with your body to support it, to avoid, you know, things becoming worse or, you know, even the symptoms happening, the side effects happening. But, you know, there's the patch and the ring that people can use, you know, if people are looking for contraception, then, you know, there's the condom, there's, you know, there's a lot of other stuff and there's controversy with a lot of this stuff. Like I said, so it's really about just working closely with someone and staying on top of everything to avoid things spiraling out of control and causing really bad problems. But there is alternatives to the birth control pill. You just got to find out and work with someone.
0: Yeah, I think it's important that you mention that. Like for people who are on the pill, um, really important to replenish nutrient deficiencies because a lot of things like B vitamins, zinc, selenium are depleted. Um, also affects your gut microbiome. So I usually recommend B vitamin, um, a good multivitamin. Honestly, would be a good idea and probiotics as well. Um, so if you are on the pill, definitely supporting your body staying on the pill and then also getting off it if you choose to do that especially if you want to like have kids later on um, that's really going to help the transition process and then also reduce symptoms and all that Um, but yeah there are alternatives for sure things like um, FAM so fertility awareness method is a way to go as well that's like natural remedy um, condoms as you recommended there's so many options but definitely um, looking into the different options with your doctor and seeing what works the best for you. Um, and then trial and error. I mean, some people, for instance, start with the copper IUD. Um, they feel great. Some people don't. They feel terrible. Um, everyone has their own preference. Everyone has their own needs as well. So it's definitely looking into educating on that. Uh, for sure, agree. Um, and then I just want to touch on the main foundations. So we're talking about the different types of PCOS. So things like um, in, inflammatory PCOS, insulin resistant PCOS. So these are obviously some main foundations that we need to address. Uh, but can you go through the foundations to? really heal PCOS and the underlying imbalances that usually come up?
1: So the main foundations to treating PCOS is, you know, diet and lifestyle modifications based on your type of PCOS. So I believe there's five key strategies or components to naturally treating PCOS, and they include nutrition or diet, and within this include supplements, and then exercise, stress management, sleep, and mindset so these are the kind of stuff i worked on and you know i with mindset i and sleep i developed that later on in my journey when i figured out oh you know there's more to it than just eating good and exercising there's more components to it and i love these along the way so diet is certainly one of the biggest components when it comes to balancing hormones and treating p the father of medicine Hippocrates said let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food and I always find myself referring to this quote and just whenever I work with people I'm always like look start with food food is your medicine don't look to pharmaceuticals and all this stuff food is medicine treat that as the foundation so this is for sure something I am I you know believe in and have seen for myself on my own journey and with clients so you know one of the most frequently asked PCOS questions is what is the best PCOS diet I get it all the time and it's just like there is no best PCOS diet it's going to depend on your body and your type of PCOS so you know I've tried a bunch of diets i tr- kind of attempted to do keto and I was like well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like this so I'm not even <laughs> gonna try I don't even want to try this so I kept hearing a lot about keto everyone was saying this was the best diet for PCOS and you know I've got nothing against keto I've seen it work and for sure it has benefits and if we're talking about from you know what our ancestors used to do then you know cool that you know it's gonna work it's got reasons to work but you know, not everybody can, you know, it doesn't support everybody, it doesn't support all types of PCOS. So in in terms of insulin resistant PCOS, I believe it can be effective, but it's not necessary because if you compare the keto diet, which is, you know, high fat, moderate protein and low carb, it works to increase insulin sensitivity. But then if you look on the other spectrum, the plant-based diet, which is you know high carb, people who consume legumes, beans, nuts, seeds, and just plant-based foods, they treat their insulin resistance and increase their insulin sensitivity also. So then you kind of think, well, there's no best diet really if this if this um way of eating which is high carb which is supposedly the devil carbs are evil carbs make you fat well why aren't these people you know why, how comes it treats the insulin resistance it's clearly not about carbs it's more about the quality of your carbohydrates so i think when people are diagnosed with p-swiss they freak out about i have to avoid carbs But when you do look into it and look at the research, there's evidence to support there's nothing wrong with carbs. And it's not about following the keto diet. Again, I'm not bashing the keto diet. And I've clearly seen that it helps people. So I just want to point out that, you know, carbs often like people are scared about that. But you don't have to be when you have PCOS. So I think nutrition is definitely one of the big components. And it's about finding you know what type of pieces you have first because for example if you have adrenal PCOS and you're following a really low carb diet that's not really gonna work it's gonna make your symptoms worse so make sure you get the blood test find out what type you have and then find the treatment approach find the best diet work with someone and make the necessary changes don't just jump in and you know do everything because like I said it's it's probably not going to work and I want to you've touched on this uh, uh, before about inflammation and I think everyone needs to up their um, anti-inflammatory food intake so like omega-3 fatty acids which you can get from salmon and just stuff like this I think people are just eating a bit too many too much inflammatory foods which can be from sugar or processed foods. Dairy can cause inflammation and a lot of people are talking about gluten as well. So I think these are the, nutrition is like foundation, in my opinion. And then you start with other stuff like exercise and stress management, sleep and mindset. So yeah.
0: Yeah, totally agree Um, for me also. I started out with nutrition and becoming a little bit obsessed and um, like I said, demonizing foods and basically kind of, eating healthy foods, quote unquote, but wasn't in the right ratios and it wasn't with the right mindset as well. wasn't until I actually put it all together, sleep management, stress management, mindset, nutrition, exercise, that it actually started to come together. So it's really important. Um, And as a holistic nutritionist, I'm all about, they all connect together, right? And I know you're about that too. So talking about the exercise, because I know you are a personal trainer, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So with PCOS, exercise is so important as well combined with the nutrition and the rest of it as we mentioned um but what have you seen to be actually let me start first so so what can you say about exercising impacting hormones
1: so when you because we all associate exercise most of the time with weight loss and we go all in so we do hours of cardio you know HIIT training everyone's going on about Orange theory. I've never heard about this in the UK, which is probably I don't know. It's probably people doing it, but I've just not heard much about it. I think it's very popular in America and Canada. But the thing with exercise, sure, it's got huge, huge health benefits, like lowering the risk of heart disease and stroke, um, high blood lowering high blood pressure, and um, helping with weight loss, boost mood and energy, lower stress. And reduces insulin resistance but when it comes to hormones if you're doing too much of something like HIIT training which produces way too much cortisol and you know you have a hormone imbalance like PCOS it's not it's not going to help your PCOS it's going to make your symptoms worse it's going to make you feel like rubbish so exercise really does have you know an impact on your hormones and your treatment of PCOS
0: <clears throat> yeah I totally see that a lot too like the over exercising and then women coming to me and being like I can't lose the weight like I'm exercising all the time I'm eating mm-hmm. less and I'm just like oh my god your adrenals are freaking out right now like they don't like you <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I just think especially when it comes to exercise and losing weight a lot of the studies are also done on men And Mm -hmm. we're just kind of comparing it, women to men. And it's like, we don't function the same way. Hormones are not the same. Hormone balance is not the same. So we can't really compare that. And um, I think we're just kind of in the mentality of go, go, go. Got to do everything. Got to like over-exercise and just like restrict. Um, But for hormone imbalances, I've definitely seen that backfire and make things worse. And I know it's kind of... Going against our natural way of thinking. Like even for me, sometimes I'll be like, I definitely think I should rest, but I want to work out because I'm like, I gotta mm-hmm. keep up that like, you know, gains and all of that, but it's definitely not helping and it just burns out your adrenals and the cortisol goes up. Um, your body is holding on to fat, it's not letting go of fat. So I see a lot of women come to me and I actually make them taper down and then they start to actually lose fat and they're like what this makes no sense. So can you explain to us a little bit about that and like what are the best types of exercise for PCOS that you see? So
1: yeah, resistance training is something I talk a lot about. I focus more on resistance training over, you know, cardio and it's not to say that I don't do cardio. I just, you know, my workout is more focused on building muscle. So when it comes to figuring out the best um, exercise for your type of PCOS, countless studies have found both resistance training and high intensity interval training to be the best forms of exercise for insulin resistant PCOS. So the the resistance training is any exercise that causes the muscles to contract in turn resulting in in increased muscle mass, strength and endurance. one of the huge benefits of resistance training for insulin resistant PCOS is that the fact that it reduces insulin resistance. So while any type of training is great for insulin resistance, studies have found that having more muscle increases your overall demand for energy. A study found that each 10% increase in muscle was associated with an 11% relative reduction in insulin resistance. So, research suggests that muscle mass can effectively increase, increase glucose storage, facilitate glucose clearance from the circulation, and reduce the amount of insulin required to maintain a normal glucose tolerance. So, another benefit is the fact that it reduces testosterone. So, with, a, with insulin resistance, when you have too much insulin in the body, your overall ovary you know, produces more testosterone. So, through k- keeping your insulin like, under control and you're treating it increasing your insulin sensitivity it can help reduce your testosterone as well so contrary to the belief that if women do resistance training they're gonna you know get more testosterone they're gonna get so bulky and look like a man that's not gonna happen it's actually gonna help you lower your testosterone and then the second the second um, exercise that research has found to be good for insulin resistance is high intensity interval training so that's HIT, and this is a vigorous form of exercise which involves full bursts of energy along with short or an active recovery period, and researchers found that HIT completed over the course of ten weeks improved insulin resistance. A further study examining the effects of HIT on women with insulin resistance and PCOS found that after twelve weeks of HIT cardio undertaken three times a week resulted in a reduction in waist and hip circumference, which is the which indicates insulin resistance. So. High intensity interval training increases insulin sensitivity as a result of the body expending glucose and then allowing blood glucose to enter the muscle cells. This in turn helps to lower the risk of developing diabetes. So through doing these intense exercises, you're allowing the glucose to actually be shuttled to the muscles and, you know, remove the um, sugar being floating around and, you know, not being used. and ends up being stored as fat so if we're doing these short bursts of any um, exercise you can end up actually using that sugar um which is what we want but then on the other hand if you suffer from another type of PCOS, which is adrenal then um, high intensity interval training is not what i recommend for this type because if if you're you know you're always with this type you need to kind of cut back like you said with your workouts if you 're feeling you know if you 're struggling with fatigue or you feel tired after training, definitely need to take that in mind and actually adjust or cut down on your workouts and the intensity because endurance and intense exercise causes the body to produce increased amounts of cortisol like we mentioned, so exercise intensity is between eighty and ninety percent of Um, vo2 max causes elevated cortisol levels to be secreted and that's why you want to go for more of the low intensity exercises which do not cause you to excrete or produce more um, too much cortisol so instead with low intensity you can go for more of a walking or yoga or swimming or like tai chi so there's a lot other benefits and like you said it's not like we're saying don't exercise it's more like be smart and find a program that's going to support your adrenals your hormones to you know balance and you know stop producing so much cortisol because at the end of the day it's the cortisol that's making you stop more fat on your abdomen and make you struggle to lose weight it's not anything else it's not like you're you're not exercising hard enough or you're not you're not cutting back your calories it's really about getting to lowering your cortisol production which um, everyone probably struggles with managing their stress but I mean over exercising and just into high intensity training really in- increases that so keep that in mind when you're trying to Find a way to lose weight.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I also think it's really important to note that it's also going to be really effective if you kind of tune into how you feel. Like I will kind of ask clients, like, how do you feel after workout? Do you feel like you're crawling on the floor, like dying, like depleted? (laughs) Or do you feel energized? If you feel energized, it's probably like good. If you don't, then you probably have to reassess and maybe modify it, maybe make it shorter or like do the slower movement, like you were saying. So I think it's really going to be um, a good way to assess that, like how your workouts are working for you in regards to how you feel. And I also love that um, for me specifically, I've kind of gone into more strength training, sometimes some HIIT, some like Pilates and things like that. And I usually keep it to like 30 minutes. And Mm -hmm. I literally have seen more benefits and even more like muscle building compared to when I was at the gym for like 45 minutes to an hour or more and I think a lot of people are just like yeah I went to the gym like three hours today first of all we all complain that we don't have enough time so like who has time for that um it's stressful it's like boring for the most part you're on the treadmill you're just like when is this over so knowing that you can have effective workouts in like 30 minutes or less is like isn't that amazing to know that
1: so amazing, and the thing I like the thing that you said that you need to really pay attention to how you're feeling. Like if you're crawling on the floor and you come home and you're like, "I need a nap," yeah then I mean, I'm not saying that if you exercise you shouldn't feel some kind of you know you be a bit tired, but you shouldn't be to the point where you want to sleep. Because mm-hmm. I remember I used to be at that point, and I used to come back and I'd be like knackered, and I'd be like, "I just want to sleep," and I was like this shouldn't be how exercise works, I shouldn't feel like I have to take a nap, I'm like 24 years old, 23, whatever age I was, and I was like, yeah, this is something wrong here, this is, and this is the point where now when I go into the gym, and I I might be mid-set, I might have literally just come into the gym, did one exercise, couple of sets, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not actually feeling this, I feel weak, I feel tired, I feel dizzy, I'm not going to be like, push through it. Come on, let's push it. Let's go. Let's go. It's like, no, I don't want to mess up my hormones and feel like crap. I'm going to go home, make a nice meal and just relax. So, I mean, it's really, it can be a bit, you know, sad and demotivating to think that you go into the gym and you're kind of excited, but then your body's just like telling you no, but it's telling you no for a reason. It's not doing it because it doesn't want you to work out. It wants you to rest and become stronger so then your next workout is even better. And then, you know, because fitness is a journey. It's not, you know, you're going to do it for a year and then fitness is over. Fitness is part of your life. It's just something you do for the rest of your life. So you shouldn't feel bad that you might skip a workout because you you couldn't wake up in the morning because you felt a little bit more tired. It's just about really being in tune, and it's gonna take some time before you reach that point. But once you do, you're gonna you're gonna feel so much better and you're gonna be proud of yourself that you were able to walk out the gym and be like, I'm fine with this. For someone who loves fitness and loves lifting weights, I mean, whenever I have to walk out the gym, I'm like, this is sad. <laughs> but I always I love feel that, so much
0: though. I think yeah. that's really important that you address that. And even if it's like going for a walk after dinner instead, or like for me uh, this week, um, or even like during my period, for instance, um, it's been shown to like cycle your workouts has been really helpful because mm. during our period, we're more about resting. So like Pilates, yoga, walking would be better, more beneficial. And it actually helps increase like muscle building and all of that during the rest of the month. So it doesn't overstress mm. your adrenals and all of that. Um, so like a lot of women will say, oh yeah, I have like less energy during my cycle. We'll definitely modify your workouts then. Like for instance, one day I woke up. And i was supposed to do a workout before going to work and i was like i totally felt that full body feeling like nope you're not doing it so i was like okay i'm not doing it i decided to walk to work instead and i felt so much better so i think that's really important that you really address that because it's really important to tune into yourself and don't beat yourself off just because you need to have a rest day your body needs rest days
1: exactly and the thing about exercising based on your cycle i think that's really important because whenever you know you might start your period you feel really like just weak and you you shouldn't push yourself you should make sure you're resting because you know you're you're bleeding you need to rest and feed your body you know nutrient-dense foods but i always noticed by the end of my period like the last couple of days I feel so much stronger and I'm like yes I'm gonna go here PR now <laughs> it just feels so much stronger you just feel like hulk you're like yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and your level your hormone levels change your energy changes um, it's important to like understand that and respect that you're not gonna feel the same every day and mm-hmm. I also find that like for instance during ovulation time my energy will really be a lot higher so that's the time you want to mm-hmm. do things like more hit high intensity like cardio um, and it's fine to modify that. Like you don't have to be like the same thing every day. Um, especially for women that's around the cycle. It's going to be changing. Yep. And, and another so, thing I want
1: to point, another yeah, thing I think I want to point out is like with, um, resistance training, like I mentioned this, I think people, women are kind of warming up to resistance training and they're not so scared about it. And the fact that they're going to get bulky, but I really want to, you know, recommend and I couldn't recommend position training enough because I think it really makes you feel so much more confident in your body and I think with PSOS because you know people struggle with the weight gain and other stuff since I've actually focused in more on building muscle I've felt so much more confident and my self-esteem has gone up and I actually this is weird to say but I've actually started to love my body because for years I hated it but since I spent years building muscle, I've like I actually like my body now. I'm like, oh my god, you've actually built some muscle here, and you just feel so much better. So if you're someone who's trying to, trying to, you know love their body more and you know, build some confidence, I really think building muscle is really going to help you in that way because it really did for me, and I just want to. You know, say that because I think it's just a
0: great way to help. Thank you so much for saying that because I know body image and body shame is a huge part of PCOS. We're also going to get into like the mindset stuff but that is huge when it comes to PCOS and if you feel shitty about your body and you just hate it then yeah. healing is going to be really really hard um, and I also want to bring something up since you brought that up about i see a lot of women literally weighing themselves every day and like calculating like how much they're losing like oh i didn't lose like anything this week or blah blah blah. like they're constantly going on the scale but i know when it comes to muscle building your body composition changes but sometimes you may gain weight or stay the same so can you talk about that a bit
1: yeah i'd like to say i was actually the person that used to weigh this self every day multiple times a day and god that was so depressing so stressful it was so so depressing because you go wake up in the morning weigh yourself and be like oh cool and I lost a couple of pounds but I just want to say don't let a bloody weighing scale dictate how you should feel and your emotions but I mean weighing yourself can be a tool so I'm not saying personally I don't weigh myself anymore but if you like to weigh yourself, just literally weigh yourself once a day and that's it, or even once a week. But anyway, with the whole um, building muscle, you're definitely going to see a change in the scale. So people are going to, you're obviously building muscle if you're lifting weights. So you cannot, you know, you can't think that if you're trying to lose weight, that the scale is going to go down because you might actually be less weight like body fat because you're building muscle so if you're new to the gym you can lose fat and build muscle so you might not lose weight but you've actually lost fat so you don't want to be focusing on weight loss you want to be focusing on fat loss so you like i said the scale might not change because you put muscle on and that's what you want you want to actually build muscle so don't let this the number dictate Go more on um, looking in the mirror, taking progress pictures, because that's going to show you that, well, that number hasn't changed. Your physique has changed, and that's what you basically want. You don't want to let that number dictate. So even if you weigh more, like I probably do weigh more. I don't really care. I don't want to know either. But that's probably because I've developed the muscle. So that's more what I want. I'm more now i'm in that frame of mind of that i want to build strength and build muscle that i don't even care what a number says because at the end of the day our weight fluctuates every single day like it just even throughout the day your weight's gonna fluctuate based on if you went toilet if you drank enough water did you have too much sodium and maybe you didn't drink enough water to the you know get rid of that salt so you're retaining some water it literally fluctuates depending on you know you maybe you ate a bit more food just so much and even like with going to the gym and lifting weights then you're going to retain more water so if you weigh yourself and you're more you know you weigh more then you're retaining more water because of that muscle and just there's so much that's why you shouldn't focus so much on a scale I know this is gonna be hard to hear and people gonna be like, well, it's easy for you to say. I know it definitely is easier said than done and I've been through this. I know it's gonna take you know a couple of years for people to actually reach this point where they don't care, but you just need to take small steps every day and just maybe cut back on weighing yourself multiple times a day to just one day and then gradually just give up and just Focus more on the exercise and building muscle, and you'll see the changes, like I said, and you won't even care anymore. Like, it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, totally. Like, I even told some of my clients, like, just throw out the scale, honestly. Like, or I told them, out. one month, you're not weighing yourself. <laughs> and I used to do that too. And it just becomes a, a, like addictive and stressful and depressing, as you mentioned. And it just puts you, like, right away, and you see that number, it just puts you in that negative mindset right away. And that just does not help the rest of the day. That can lead into things like binging, disordered eating, counting calories and restricting yourself and just feeling terrible about yourself. So I definitely agree with like the photos and the progress tracking like that. Um, So much more empowering. And then not only is muscle going to help with insulin resistance, but it's also going to help with so many health benefits down the road. Um, So it's not just about looking good, but it's so important for your health. So talking about mindset, how does mindset influence our physical health, specifically with PCOS?
1: So mindset is something I talk a lot about. And, you know, my mindset back when I was diagnosed was really bad. I was so negative. I was pessimistic. I was like, this is the way everything's going to be. I have to have, I'm gonna live with no period, I'm going to have, you know, these symptoms for the rest of my life. But the way you think and your attitude to things really affects your healing journey, your progress and your peace rest because if you're constantly in that negative mindset or constantly thinking negative, there's no way you're going to be able to think of solutions to, you know, your problems. Like you're going to constantly be just negative. So you're not going to find solutions. You're going to be stuck in your situation, sitting in your misery of, oh, this is my life. I'm stuck with it that's not all we want. We need to be more positive, more optimistic. So, you know, this is going to take some time and I'm still working on this. I haven't actually, sometimes I have my days where, you know, my, I I just feel a little bit more negative, but when I realize it, I start to do certain things to prevent it, you know, spiraling and dragging on multiple days. So it kind of only lasts like a day, maybe two, but then I'm like out of it. So I always like to mention that people can do journaling and write things that they're grateful. I mean, everyone says, write what you're grateful for. And I know, you know, it might be the same things all the time, but just writing it down just makes you realise how much you have to be grateful for and that something like what you're going through. Well, I'm not denying the fact that peace race is like really bad, but... The, re, the fact that you can overcome it through natural ways should be encouraging and motivating. So like I said, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be upset that you have this condition. I'm not saying that. I'm just merely saying that you should be more positive to, positive to the fact that you can overcome it. And you don't have to live with the symptoms for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, I think I just want to add something into there that just came up, is that for me, too, I also, I always identified as, like, I have PCOS, this is why this is happening, this is why I can't go out and really have fun with friends, or go on a camping trip, or whatever, or, like, go traveling, or pursue this or that, because I have PCOS, so that's it. So it's kind of, like, identifying as PCOS, and that's it, but I think it's important to kind of stay away from that and identify more as like a person as you instead of just identifying as I am P I am basically my name is PCOS. You know what I mean?
1: Mm, yeah, I get that. I get that fact that when you're diagnosed, you you literally isolate you isolate yourself from the outside world well and people and that's not what you want because you need that support system to help you through. If I didn't have my family to kind of help me on my journey. I probably, you know, wouldn't be in the place I am now because there were so many days I just wanted to give up. I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to have a period. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a kid, you know, when I want to have a kid and they were like no literally you know what to do you actually know how to get your period back just do it just stick to it and if you for example if you gain weight because maybe i had to eat more food i was you know chronically dieting on like 800 calories i clearly needed a lot of food so you know they were like just go just do it and if you do gain weight you know no one's you know everyone's going to love you still even if you you know, gain some weight so it's just like that motivation encouragement from people that care about you really makes a difference so make sure you don't isolate yourself too much because that like i said it's not going to help and i've been there as well where i isolated a lot of my friends i wouldn't go out because i had that fear of eating with with them i had a fear of eating food and unhealthy food because i had PCOS. PCOS had You know, had control over me. I wasn't this being. I was piecewise. So no, you can't eat this. You shouldn't have fun. You should be at home. You know, like an old lady just eating healthy food. It's just like that's not life. I I didn't enjoy myself. I felt even more depressed. So I think have a support system, and you know, like I said, journaling really helps. I think when you when you write goals in like a journal or just a piece of paper and what you achieve throughout the day it gives you a lot of motivation to take on the day and continue you know on your healing journey and another big thing that helped me with mindset is waking up in the morning and saying positive affirmations which kind of might be a little bit weird but I I love affirmations I love
0: it I think
1: it definitely helps so you just wake up like the and basically my routine is i get up in the morning i read a couple maybe a chapter of a book and then i get out of my bed and i'm like positive affirmations like you're awesome you're gonna crush the day blah 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 whatever it is and then so that just kind of sets you up for the day so i think journaling positive affirmations and exercising really helps with mindset i think i realized this today and i because when you're going through resistance training you're pushing your body to the limit and you're you know you're experiencing all this pain it kind of changes your mindset to what you can actually handle and you realize how strong you are so if you're physically strong and you can actually put you know push your body to the limit and your mindset and you know you know when your brain's like okay I can't you know lift this weight and you actually show you can you feel so much more empowered and strong so I think exercising really helps that kind of mindset and you know on your healing journey and like I said with um um my morning routine routine I think getting into a routine is really important for um your healing journey and mindset because I feel when you have a routine you have this consistency and it kind of takes thought out of it so you wake up you do your morning routine and then just you go to the gym and then everything's like just flows easily rather than thinking all the time so I think that helps with motivation and mindset and being more positive so that's what I've been really been focusing in the last year or two so like I said it's I'm always learning new things I don't know everything I have my bad days and my good days but I know things will get better things will pass if I'm positive if I'm you know optimistic and you know I'm thinking because through this I'm able to think of solutions like I said I'm not so negative that I'm just you know sitting in my misery and being upset all the time have to think more positive so you can think of solutions it opens your mind as with creativity and I think that's definitely important
0: I love it I think it's really important as well that you mentioned like developing a routine that's a great way to kind of like make sure it's consistent you do it every day so it's kind of like automatic like brushing your teeth right so it's something that's literally every day it's not something you can just do once a week like specifically for the mindset stuff like I totally agree with you like it's been more than a year now, but I'm actually seeing changes after a while because it's becoming ingrained in my brain. Like it's being repeated. So you need to start to shift those negative thinking patterns into positive. The only way to do that is to start replacing it. So making it repetitive um, and that's a commitment. So it's really about committing to that, but I love the tips that you shared Um, just to finish off. Is there one thing or maybe two or three things like you could say to somebody who's just diagnosed, who's like, oh my God, what is this? I'm really scared. Like, what is PCOS? What do I do? Do I go to like birth control? What are some tips you can say to somebody who just got diagnosed um, about like kind of steering them in the right direction?
1: Yeah, sure. So definitely whenever someone comes to me and says, what do I do? The first thing I always say is, find out what type of PCOS you have, get to that root cause and get these, get, go to a doctor, ask for the blood test, ask them to check for insulin resistance, check your adrenals, check your thyroid, check inflammation in your body. The first step is to find out what type you have to allow you to think of the treatment approach that is suitable for you. For That's always like my first step, the first stage, in my opinion and um, you know another tip piece of advice is like really do your research as well as listen to your doctor because like we said they're going to recommend the birth control pill. so educate yourself about the birth control pill ask yourself is this what i want do i want to take this is there alternatives speak to some other holistic nutritionists like yourself and you know find out information about alternatives what else is that you can do because like we said there's nothing wrong with you know everyone has the right to take the pill but just know that there's these healthier natural approaches to healing and another one is patience this is no everybody doesn't have much patience I think everyone is very impatient and this is something I'm always working in and I'm always consistently going to consistently going to be developing um but you really need to be patient you need to understand that balancing your hormones is not going to happen from one day to the next just like suffering from a hormonal imbalance didn't happen from one day to the next it was chronic it was long term it happened you know for a long time and then it happened then these symptoms came about you didn't just you know eat bad for one day and then your hormones were like, well, that's it. I'm going to annoy you now with acne and, you know, bad periods and whatever it is. And just be patient, know that it takes time. It's going to take, you know, six months to a year or even more depending on, you know, the type of pieces you have, how severe and how, you know, also it's going to come about with consistency and commitment then that we always say it's about balance but just understand that you need to be patient and be consistent with your your diet your lifestyle and also know the fact that it's holistic so it's not just about eating healthy it's not just about you know boiling your vegetables and eating your chicken breast your organic chicken breast or whatever it is it's also about managing your stress sleeping which everybody is like nope it's all about grinding. I need to wake yeah. up at 4 a.m. and go to bed at 5 a.m. It's like what are you do, what are you doing? It's like you need to sleep. Sleep's really important. Sleep can increase your um, the likelihood of insulin resistance. So sleep is important. And you know, exercise that we've mentioned and mindset. So everything comes holistically. You can't do one without the other. So really understand this. Take it, you know. This is probably really overwhelming for everyone, knowing that I need to do this, 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 and this. So just take baby steps. Start with your diet. Make small changes. Incorporate more foods. Don't focus so much on foods you have to avoid. Focus on um, including more healthy foods, more vegetables, and then move on to another component. Move on to stress. Like, find ways to lower your stress, whether it be, I don't know, just finding something funny and watching it or meditating and it doesn't have to be exact meditation i know everyone might find it hard to meditate so just some form of meditation or walking something that's going to help you lower your stress so know that that is holistic be patient consistent committed and i think those are like my three or for, I don't know how many tips I said, but I love it. like it's my, my name, takeaways.
0: <laughs> Those are amazing. Thank you so much. This is so enlightening. Um, I'm sure my listeners will love this. Um, so complete, so many awesome tips. So, where can we find you, Despina? What are you doing? And um, yeah, share with us where we can find you online.
1: So, my website is and my social media is like i'm on i'm everywhere as well instagram facebook twitter pinterest that's all that pieces oracle and youtube as well is my name so there's a as well as my podcast is peace with and nutrition so those are the platforms you can find me on and yeah That's basically everything.
0: Amazing. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes. We can check you out. Thank you so much for hopping on today. I had a blast. I think it was really, really helpful for listeners, especially my listeners with PCOS. So thank you again.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed it.